Thank you, friends. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you to my team who've come with us. It has been a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, just Psalm, 33, Psalm 133 speaks about unity and what an incredible blessing that comes when there is unity in a community. And I really wanted to commend you for that. Um, I was speaking to Quinton this morning and he was talking about a beautiful outreach that happened a few weeks ago into Jacini and how there were 74, I think, cars and, well, people who went cars going in from different churches around the fraternal. Yesterday when I met people who were at this ladies' time, they were from different churches and do you know how much that pleases the heart of the Father? When the fraternals and the churches in the cities are in unity. Um, and I really think it's on God's heart. I think maybe that's one of the incredible positives that came out of COVID. We actually realized we are all building the wall for Jesus and we're all building different parts of the wall. So well done. And I felt like when we came here, it was such an easy, fertile ground to minister into because of the prayers that you guys have been praying and the prayers that the churches around this community have been praying. So we did have a wonderful time. We had an amazing time. So thank you so much. I, I know you have been doing um, a series and you've been speaking into a peck of salt, got being a gospel community. And I, um, I was laughing. I was saying to Quinson and Nikki, I didn't think you guys didn't, you had an English problem because, you know, peck of salt. I thought, oh, no, shame. They've forgotten that. That's not actually the saying. The saying is actually a pinch of salt. They've obviously got it wrong. And Nikki was like, no, no, we haven't. That's actually another saying. I was like, oh, okay. I've got it wrong, so they haven't got it wrong. So I was very interested to hear about that and did a little bit of research on it last night to go with my preach. But um, when I heard about that and I started thinking and preparing for um, what I was going to speak on this morning, um, it made me start thinking about a preach that I had heard. And I, so I sort of drew a little bit on that. And I wonder if um, they could put up my first slide, which is of those two roots. So the first slide is a picture of a root. I think it was Kate or Sam's run. Maybe they ran together. Sam's run that Sam did around the root of your local municipality. Go Sam. Go Sam. That's the route that he does when he does a run around home, when he comes home. And then the second route is the route that I take. I was quite shocked, actually, when I did it. It was 15 point something kilometers. And it's no, listen, let me just explain something to you. This is not a runner's body, as you can all see. I don't run. I'm one of those people that would have that T-shirt. If you see me running, you better start running because something's chasing us. I love that shirt. I wanted to buy it. I don't run. I hate running. So I don't run. That's not my running route. That's my driving route. Okay? From my house to drop off my son, actually to drop off my daughter first. She's a teaching assistant at Glenwood Prep. I then go and she doesn't have a car yet. And then I go and drop off my son at DHS. Then um, he's in grade nine. We have three children. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm married to Stan. Sorry, I should have introduced myself. I just dived straight into it. 
Um, we married um, for 27 years, dated for seven before that. He took a very long time to ask me to marry him. He was, yeah, he did just take a long time to ask me. And um, then we've got three children. Matthew is 24, Natalie 21, and our lot Lamek, he's 14. So he's in grade nine at DHS. So that's my route, drop him at DHS. Then I go back, go down to church at the station, down in Moses, by Moses Mabida, Masabalala Yengwa Avenue, NMR, changed to Masabalala Yengwa. You know what a mouthful that was when you're trying to describe to someone to drop something off. Um, and then I go back, Musgrave is in the, the spa at um, just near my house. That's sort of my route. And um, I've called it my salt route because when you look at our lives, and you think about the roots in your life. So everybody has different roots in their lives. So if I think about it, that root is Sam's running route. It's probably Kate's running route. She also probably runs with him when he comes home. And if you think about the roots that you do every day. So I do that route. Let me tell you, I don't even want to tell you how many times I do that route a day. But if you, everybody has, a diff, has roots in their lives every day. Let me tell you. Nikki and Quinton have a root. I was hosted so beautifully by them this weekend. She said to me on the way home on Friday, we live just a little bit out. Are you okay driving at night? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh my gosh. We just kept driving. And I was like, where do these people live? Anyway, so their route, guys, is a lot longer than that route. But the point I'm trying to say is that we all have roots in our lives that we do every single day. If you want to put up the next slide, it's about the salt roots. Those are camels that carry salt. In the old days, they used to be called the salt trails. So salt was a very valuable commodity. And they used to travel the salt trails. They used to carry them on the backs of camels. And they used to be well-worn trails across the continents, across the countries. And the, obviously what would happen is little bits of salt would drop out of the bags into the ground, into the sand. And it used to be, it used to be well-worn trails and paths that they used to travel. So what would happen is the path would actually get full of salt. So they became known as the salt routes. So you can look on history and your children studying history and they would under, they would, they'll learn about the salt routes because it was a valuable commodity. They would be traded along the paths of the salt routes. So I started thinking, us as Christians, we're called to be salt and light. And so that's what made me think about the roots that we have. What are our salt roots in our lives as believers? So actually, when you go and drop off your kid at preschool, or you drop off your son at school, or you're standing on the side of the road, or you go to the spa, or you're going into the gym, those actually become your salt roots as a Christian. You're meeting the teller, or you are you seeing those as salt roots to you? So some of us as believers are great evangelists. I mean, I've got some friends who literally, they get everyone they speak to there. I mean, they get them saved. I mean, I'm amazed. That's not one of my strengths. I mean, I try. I, I try to live my life so that people will say, what's different about you? So I say, well, let me tell you about my king. I can show you my king. And hopefully that's what brings them to Jesus. But I wouldn't say evangelism is one of my strengths. 
but I hope my life will show them. But when I started realizing, actually, I have a salt root. I'm, I might just be a mom, and I take my little preschool kid to school, and I think, well, I don't have a salt root. I'm not an evangelist. I can't. But actually, I'm part of a running club. Hmm, actually, that's, that's my salt root. Or maybe I am in a book club. Oh, well, that's actually part of your salt root. Have you ever started thinking, I wanted to, I changed my mindset and made me realize, actually, I have a root. I have a salt root. Actually, I need to start using my salt. Am I dropping my salt where I go? Am I dropping parts of my life where I go so that people will know, actually, they're knowing about, they're learning about Jesus. I'm dropping parts of who I am along my salt root. And it encouraged me. And I started realizing, I heard a beautiful acronym for SALT. It said, the S is for seeing, the A is for asking questions, the L is for listening, and the T is for telling your story. So the ladies that have come with me, we've done a thing called I groups. It's just a time where we sit around a table together and we tell each other's story. And I know you've been doing a series on a peck of salt, which is basically getting around each other's tables and spending time with each other. Make sure you're spending time with each other. And you know what? When you listen and you think about salt in that way, are you seeing people on your salt route? The S. Are you lifting your eyes and instead of rushing around, are you seeing a people? Open your eyes on your salt route and not rushing around at the teller and just give me my groceries. I'm rushing to my next thing. No, are you seeing the people that are in front of you? Are you asking questions? It impacted me so greatly when we first came to Glenridge. We sat with Nick and Anna Kutsudis. Some of you may know them. Their daughter's up in this area, Irene. They had their 11-year-old son. Some of you may have come from a family where children are seen and not heard. We went into this church, Glenridge, and we went to dinner at their home, and there was their son. I think he was, Alexi was 11 at the time. And I was amazed that he was there in the lounge with us, and we were, I can't even remember what we were talking about, but I remember Nick turning to his son and saying, what do you think? He was 11, and we were all adults. We didn't have children. We were young adults. And I remember thinking, how interesting that he's asking his son's opinion. He's 11. Like, why is this? It really impacted me. And I remember thinking, wow, as believers, we need to be asking questions into people's lives. Because that unlocks people. You know, around a table, there's no, no labels, no titles. Doesn't matter that you're the MD anymore. Doesn't matter that you're not the MD anymore. When you're sitting around a table, you can ask people questions. And the L is listen. Talk less. So I hear I'm saying ask questions, but you know what I'm trying to say. Listen, listen to what people are saying. People will talk much more easily around the table. And then the T is tell your story. Because amazingly, we had a beautiful panel up here yesterday, and I saw people interacting with people told, I mean, it wasn't even, the answers that people gave were maybe two or three minutes. It wasn't even a long answer. They didn't even go into very much of their story in their answer. 
But after that, I saw people in the audience, in the crowd, community, coming to those people and asking about their story because it impacted them. I also have got that story. Can you help me? I also have got that. So tell your story because your story unlocks other people. So the two parts of my preach are, what pathways have you got in your hand? And the second part of my preach is, who's walking on your pathway with you? So I said yesterday um, in the weekend that I was here, that my mantra is community. You can ask any of my friends here. I'm always about community. I also know that it's much easier to just get the job done by yourself. <laughs> Often. Let's just do it by ourselves. We can handle it much easier. But that's not how God has decided to get the job done. He always is about team. That's how he did it. Otherwise, he could have done it by himself. He would have, wouldn't have needed to send his son down. He wouldn't have needed church and community to do it. He could have just done it by himself. But that's not his plan. His plan is community. His plan is we need each other to do things together. So my question is, your tribe that you're part of, I want to ask a few questions about your tribe that you're part of. So there's three couple of questions. The tribe that you're part of, there's four things. Is the circle that you're part of making you flow, grow, sow, and go? Easy things to remember. First of all, flow. When things are flowing well, it is so easy. It's such a joy. It's not tough. It's easy. It's comfortable. As I say, sometimes it's easier to get things done by yourself. But when you work in team, there is much more joy when you work in team. But it isn't always easy. Because you know what? When you're in a team, not everybody looks like you. Because if everybody looked like you, then it wouldn't really be that great. Because actually, you don't want everybody to be like me. You don't want everybody to be like Quinton. Maybe you do, because everything would get done, probably. <laughs> but actually, your team looks different. And that's because you can't have everybody who looks the same. It's that beautiful scripture about the body. The body can't all be like the eye, or all the head, or the hand, or the foot. No, we've all got to be different, because we've got a, a task to play to get the job done. But actually, we need to be going to the Holy Spirit and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, show me how can I make this team work better? I need the flow to work better in this team. Can you show me how this team has got to work better? So make sure the tribe that you're part of, whether it's your home group or the team that you're part of, make sure that the flow is working better in your team. Make sure the team around you is, is, is working well. The second thing is grow. Together we need to grow. This one is a little bit more tricky because obviously when we grow together, it's easier to do things with people who do things the same as us. So joining a running club is fun because everybody loves to do the things that you do. So being part of a running club is wonderful and, and it could be part of your salt trail. And that's where you will have influence or your fishing club or your knitting club or book club or whatever. And that's a great salt trail for you. And I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't be part of those things. That's amazing. But the problem is, is you can't always use only things that you are the same as, because then that means you're only going to be growing in one area. In order to grow, you need to be part of things that where you're not all the same. 
Um, if you think about your home group that you're part of, sometimes the only thing that you've got in common is Jesus, if you're honest. <laughs> and it's wonderful because Jesus brings all sorts of people together. If you think about his disciples that he brought together, they were so different. But he knew that he needed a team of diverse people to come together so that they could grow beautifully together. Because you know what? I might not be able to help you with the running things, but Kate will help you with running. But you know what? If we're all going to cross the Jordan together, I'm always amazed when I read that scripture about the Jordan River. Because if you think about it, it's not just 12 of them who got across. Hey? It was thousands of them who got across that Jordan River. And I was saying to the ladies, it wasn't just all the runners in the front who got across. It's also those slightly chubby people who can't run, who even are limping, who can't walk maybe very well, who need to get across. So the runners need to go to back and help you get across. And maybe in your circle or your tribe, you're going to need somebody who's struggled with their child at school. And then maybe I can help you because you know what? I had a child who also struggled at school. So let me come alongside you and I can help you with that. It's no good being with a group of people whose kids have never struggled at school. I can help you. I know somebody whose child struggled at school. Come alongside me and I'll show you that person. Or maybe you've got a single person who hasn't met somebody yet and she hasn't been married and she's walked her singleness incredibly well. I know somebody like that. I can hook you up with her. She will help you walk into that, into that area of your life well. We can't all be in the same circle with the same friends all the time. God has called us to grow in circles with people who might not always look the same as you. So make sure the tribe that God's put you in your path with is people who's going to help you grow in different areas that you're with. Because you know what? I love the story in Mark 2. Imagine, those are, that's the story about the, the, mat, the, the friends who lowered the man down on the mat. Imagine if he didn't have friends who had faith to lower him down through the ceiling. He didn't have faith, but he had four, three friends, four friends who lowered him down through that ceiling. Some we need friends around us like that. There are times where I need friends to hold up my hands. I don't have faith in, in a certain area. I know my friends who've got faith in that area. And boy, do I pick up the phone and phone them. Say, guys, I need you to hold up my hands in this area right now. So make sure the friends that you're choosing are going to make you grow in that area. Sometimes the persecution and the obstacles we face can become so overwhelming we feel it's too hard to continue on the quest. That's when we need each other to remind each other about the prize and the reason that we're on this journey. And then I just said here, sometimes the mundane routines of life, we can lose sight of what journey that we're on. Again, you need those friends around you that can help you and say, hang on, this is why we're doing this thing. And then the sewing together, caring for each other and those around you. I love that socks and scarves. We've got blankets and socks drive. We also get the people from Joburg coming to Durban, <laughs> Richards Bay and Durban. They obviously just come all the way along the coast. <laughs> because it's just warmer on the coast than Johannesburg. We need to be sewing together and caring for each other. I was so excited to come to your building. We need to be on faith ventures. So this was your massive faith venture for you as a community. What's your next one? 
You're probably all looking at me going, oh my word, are you mad? We've just finished this one. But it's true. We need to be on faith ventures. When was the last time your family went on a faith venture? Guys, we've got to be sewing together. When was the last time you just thought, okay, hang on a sec. COVID made us all think we were so small. When was the last time? I was so excited to hear 74 of you went on a journey out to Jazini. doesn't have to be to the, na- to the next overseas journey. When was the last time you just went on a little faith venture with your family? Thought, okay, are we going to sew together? Okay, let's take a little bit of our money and just sew. We're going to just make a little bit of a journey together. Maybe it's a sock and scarf drive. Maybe your kids just need to sew into that for the next faith venture that they need to do. Are the tribe that are with you on your path helping you sew into the next thing? And then we need to go together. This church doesn't need to know about that. You know about going. To our neighbours, to the nations, make your circle bigger. Is your dining room table, I love that saying, it says, um, when you've got more than you need, don't make your wall higher, make your table longer. In our world and in South Africa, when we have more than we need, we just build higher walls. That's what the world tries to tell us. But in South Africa, we don't need to do that. We need to make our tables longer. We've got so much in this beautiful country. We need to just extend our tables. That's what you're doing in your community. You are inviting people to enjoy more and more of yourselves. You've got to have more. You've got to have a peck of salt. You've got to enjoy more and more and more of each other so that you can get more and more on the paths together. So I did want to say that that pinch of salt, a salt sachet, when you go out to a restaurant and they give you the salt sachet, it is a tiny salt sachet. I did want to say, guys, we don't need to be over the top as Christians. I love what Stan says. He says, listen, guys, Jesus is weird enough. I mean, if you read about Jesus and what he did, it's pretty weird and wacky. I mean, if you tell people about Jesus, he's pretty wild, eh? what he did. You don't need to be weird and wacky as Christians. We just have to be ourselves. So in our paths and what we're doing, just be yourself. If you add too much salt to the meal, you lose the meal. So just be yourself in your paths, whether you're in your running club or whether you're in your book club, just be yourself. It's a tiny pinch of salt so that people can enjoy the peck. I want to have supper club or I want to have my running club that people say, I want that person as part of my running club. I want that person. She's amazing. Let's get her in there so that they can enjoy the peck and have her around more and more and more and more often onto the thing. So don't be overbearing or weird. (laughs) Just let them come into your life. And then I wanted to say that we need to make sure we are connected to the source all the time. I love this. I I got given when I turned 50. I got a crisis of like, what is it that I really love when I want to be with the Lord, what are the things that I love? And I realized it was beauty, and I found this ma- a magnificent book that um, my son, he was so sweet. He told everybody at my birthday how expensive it was. <laughs> you know, like the inappropriate things you don't say, which he did tell everybody. And um, it was a beautiful book, and the author's name is Ruth Choi Simons. And she had this gorgeous quote, and it says, It's much easier to get water from a cup that overflows than a well that runs dry. 
And I've thought, I want my life to be like that. I want my life to be an overflowing cup because I know people are going to come to my well and they're going to try and get from it and I need to be overflowing. And the only way I can be overflowing is if I'm plugged into the source. And if you are running on your paths, your salt paths, and I know our roots are well-worn. And I asked um, Quinton if there was somebody who had a well-worn Bible. (laughs) And boy, does this Bible look well-worn. And I thought to myself, you know, the paths in our lives can be well-worn. And even in our minds sometimes, we can have well-worn paths. But I want them to be well-worn for the right reasons. I want my Bible to be well-worn. I don't want well-worn paths that are bad habits. I want well-worn paths that are well-worn for for Jesus. Make sure the well-worn paths are good ones. And if they're not, change your habits and make good paths, make, make good new paths. You know our brains can be rewired. You can actually put new, new neural pathways in your brain. You can actually put new ones in. And I'll tell you, you know one way that we can change a neural pathway? They say that one way we can do that is through gratitude and thankfulness. And this is my last point. I did a preach recently on John, um, Jesus when he fed the 5,000. And my favorite part of the point was when the disciples bought the little fish and the loaves, the little boy with the little lunchbox. And you know what Jesus did? He took the bread and the fish and looking up to his father, he gave thanks. And I thought to myself, how amazing is that? Even Jesus knew he had to partner with his father. How much more do we need to do that? Gratitude opens doors for miracles. We are so busy worrying about the miracle. That's not what we have to worry about. Jesus performs the miracles. I think we worry always about the miracle. Imagine what that miracle must have looked like. Was it fresh fish? Was it sushi? Was it bread? Was it stone ground bread? Was it, you know, and I'm thinking of all these people with the gluten issues. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, imagine. We don't worry about that. And then I laughed at the end of my preach. I said, I love that I've got boys in my house, and Kate would know about this as well, it's like, it's all about the lunch boxes whenever you make food the next day. And I thought Jesus understood about lunch boxes. There were 12 baskets left over. No one thought about who was taking the leftovers for lunch the next day to school in the lunch boxes. And I thought, we are so busy worrying about the miracle, but Jesus is trying to show us that what we need to be worrying about is gratitude. Are we thankful in our lives. So if you can put up my last slide, this is just the little points that just, I didn't actually get to my first point, because you know what the difficulty with the, the pathways is, are there enough margins in your life, I did sort of catch, touch on it, but are there enough margins in your life for you to drop your salt on your path? I did a, um, has anybody done a dream board? Yeah. Maybe some of the ladies. It's so funny. I asked, you know, my husband, you, don't know, you do know him a little bit, but dream boards are when you, you sit down and you take a whole lot of magazines and you, I mean, Kate would love this knot. 
and um, you take a whole lot of magazines and you just spend time with God and you just go through magazines and you just take out a whole lot of things and you put them on your dream board and you just pray over your dream board. It's beautiful. Anyway, I said, Stan, wouldn't it be amazing for us to do a dream board together? He's like, never going to happen. I was like, okay, well, fine. I'll just do it by myself. But one of the times I was doing a dream board, I realized there's not enough margin in my life. My life is too busy. I'm too, I'm rushing around all the time. And that is one of my issues in my life. So I did a whole margin. I got a piece of, I got, I don't know, wrapping paper, whatever. And I did margins around my dream board because I realized that I don't have enough margin in my life. And if you don't have any margin or space in your life, God can't work with you. He can't come into your life and surprise you and give you space. If you're so busy rushing, you can't see people. How are you going to tell them about Jesus if you haven't got time for them? I mean, our friend Sheena is just the perfect person like this. She's never rushing. I mean, she frustrates us most of the time because she's just so slow. She just has time. Like, I mean, Doug always says, make the journey your friend. And we're just thinking, Doug, could we just get there, you know? But we, our lives are like that. We all know. We're just so busy all the time. So that's my first point. How are the margins in your life? It's a challenge for all of us. Pick your friends well. Who is on your path with you? Pinch of salt. Let's not be too much for people. Let's remember that God has called us to add to the meal, add to people's lives, stay connected to the source, and let's cultivate gratitude. Thank you. You better wait a moment and pray for us. Church, I want us to, uh, to catch the, I think, just how essential this message is for us. Now, on the journey we've been on, remember Tim was here a couple of weeks ago challenging us that if we want to see his mighty hand, it's not going to come inside the building as it will as when we learn to be proclaiming our faith outside the building. And Tim challenged us in terms of growing in our faith to be courageous to share our faith. And this has been so practical. This has been huge. This is not going on a mission trip. This is, I love that, the paths of our lives. And looking at the paths of our lives, not as the boring routines of our lives, but the soul trails. Are we using those soul trails well? And uh, we've been exciting, just even at the prayer meeting, starting to ask people to tell the stories of sharing their faith, being courageous, being bold, and we're starting to hear more and more stories. Have you got a story yet to tell of dropping, I love that picture, of dropping the bits of salt as you travel your journey. So why don't you stand, church? Let's uh, ask Heather to, to pray for us that we would reframe the well-worn paths of our lives, not as boring routines, but as our soul trail. And then please get, pray for courage as well. We need uber boldness courage to drop those salt crumbs everywhere we go. Thank you, Father, that you have placed each one of us along the different salt trails of our lives. And I pray, Father, that you have maybe reframed that for some of us today and give us courage as we walk these salt trails, Lord Jesus, that we can be salt and light for you along these trails, Lord. Help us to open our eyes, Father, as we fix our eyes on you. Would you help us to see the people that you have put along our paths that we may be able to be your hands and feet along the paths for you, Father, and give us boldness and courage that we may just spread your love, Lord Jesus, along those paths. 
Thank you that you are our source. May we never forget that, Lord. We don't have to do anything in our own strength, that you are our strength and our source, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the incredible privilege that we get to be your hands and feet for you every single day of our lives, Lord. In your precious name. Amen.